Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of The Long Two. Nice. I am one. Pete Rogers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Natty Wallach. Uh, and we are Camilla Stanthony Podcast. And uh, we've upped our fantasy basketball talk. Natty, how are you doing this week? It's lovely here in Brooklyn. I'm doing just fine. How are you? Good. Coming off of a very uh Friday was Becca's my wife's birthday. And so coming off of a very relaxing weekend in which my parents came up and watched our dog and we went out and safely stayed at a hotel for two nights. And I am now getting back. Just got a keg and did keg stands all weekend. I mean, that's that's the safest way to celebrate a birthday. Um, And now I'm watching the, uh, the Celtics blow out the magic as well. They should. We're going to talk about Orlando. We are going to talk about Orlando. Hopefully uh, there's going to be lots to talk about Orlando in the coming weeks because hopefully uh hopefully they're going to be selling some pieces at the at the nearing deadline. They they have the second worst record in the East. Did you know that? I did not know that. Isn't that nuts? That is kind of nuts. I feel like they totally uh should just be like, "Okay, we're just going to basically rebuild this team around Jonathan Isaac and just sell everyone and be like Jonathan Isaac is our guy and we're now on his timeline and we're just going to hope that this is a Joel Embiid situation where you know like the first couple of years of his career are just short you know kind of crushed by injury but then ultimately uh things will get better the NBA trade deadline is Thursday the MVP race has gotten super interesting because now Embiid and LeBron are both out Time to lock up. Time to lock up, Damien. The tournament's ongoing in college. Like, there's just a lot of moving pieces right now. Basketball accelerated into ridiculous speed. Yeah. And um, there's just a lot of questions out there. And there I don't really know if there are actually good answers. Um, speaking of Aaron Gordon, he's looked lights out for the yeah. Orlando Magic over the past couple of games. I saw rumors that he could be getting traded to the uh, Blazers. I would just love that so goddamn hard. (laughs) Just so goddamn hard. That's amazing. That would would be It would make you so happy. It would make you so happy. Oh, for sure. Um, All right. Well, yes, there's so much going on. Uh, Now in the second half of the season, the NBA has just ramped up their games in order to get them all done in time. And it is teams are playing like four games a week. Um, And obviously I think there's like 30 games left for most teams, 30 ish. So, yeah, 72 games. Got to knock them all out. 10 seeds. 
Uh, all right, well, let's talk some waiver wire ads then. Uh, as always, we have four different categories for our waiver wire uh, targets. We have the dunks, our dunks for every week, which is 70% and under rostered on ESPN. Layups, 50% and under. Open three, 35% and under. And then the long two, under 20% rostered in ESPN. Uh, let's start with our dunks, Natty. Why don't you start us off? Who is your dunk for this week? Let's take a walk down memory lane mm. and revisit one of our boyfriends, Mr. Joe Ingles. He's a foreigner. So exotic, which is nice. <laughs> Always look for that on your fantasy team. If you're like, for sure. all right, this guy's pretty good, but is he exotic? And in this case, Joe Ingles, Joe exotic. He is the 53rd best player in fantasy basic over the last month. That's pretty nice since he's only 62% rostered. Uh, since 2021 began and basically for the whole year, really he's 12 plus points per game, three plus boards per game, four plus assists, five plus three point attempts. And he's hitting those threes at a 51% efficiency. He's 55% from the floor overall. He has, this is crazy. So Joe, Australia, Joe is 49% from three for the season but 51% over uh, in 2021. He has a 73 true shooting percentage on the season. A 73. That's second behind DeAndre Jordan, second in the NBA. He is the best out of everyone who averages five plus three-point attempts per game. He's better than Brooklyn Joe Harris. He has been absolutely fucking sensational. And the fact that he isn't 10% more rostered is a travesty, just like it always is every fucking year. Um, you know, him and Rob Bob Covington have sort of been these dudes over the past three to four years. Uh, Rocco isn't himself, or he's he hasn't been as productive as he's been over the uh, this season. But Joe Ingles, man, like you just you you really you don't need to buy that kind of production. You can just go get it because he's available in over 30 percent of leagues. You can probably trade for him. Not too steep since he's a little bit older. Utah's playing incredible team basketball. And Joe Exotic is one of the reasons why. I feel like he wasn't last year but maybe two years ago i feel like that was the first time that people were like oh joe ingles like low-key you know he felt like that next like a uber elite three-point shooter who was going to kind of be the starting three or four for the you know for the jazz coming and 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 he had his moment and everyone was like oh joe ingles and then last year uh or maybe like i feel like last year he he's just hasn't been quite that i feel like everyone thought here's what it was everyone thought he was like the natural replacement to gordon hayward he had that one year yes and then it just hasn't quite been that but i feel like that has then everyone has soured on him rather than being like oh no okay it's fine joe ingles isn't gordon hayward but joe ingles is still a wildly productive player particularly in fantasy and obviously fits the jazz's offense super well um and so, yeah, totally. The the numbers that you listed, you would love to have those on your team. And the fact that you can more get, I mean, you said 62% rostered. He's out there. Go at him. 
the thing that happened was two years ago, he became a, a distributor as well. So mm. he's a point forward for a lot of those games in Utah. And then Mike Conley last year had to be incorporated into the team. So Joe's role changed again. Right. His usage, yeah. And now they've figured it out. And everybody, including Royce O'Neal, like they're just playing so, so well, the Utah Jazz. They're playing yeah, they very really spursy are. basketball, which makes sense since Quinn Snyder, their coach, is from the pop tree. And um, he, Joe Exotic, does not look exotic. He is an old, slow white guy. Uh, he definitely looks like a dad, like with a truck. And he's another one of these sort of slower players that we talk about week to week, like slow-mo Kyle Anderson, our favorite. Oh, good but Kyle. he gets the job done. He has great yeah. court vision. He talks enormous amounts of shit, which so I absolutely much shit. respect. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like there are reports that come out or just anytime you were watching a game against the jazz, the amount that his amount of chatter coming from that man, he is, doesn't stop talking. No, it's next level. It's, and it's, you know what? It's honestly impressive. Like good for him. It takes yeah. some true cojones to be an older looking white man playing basketball and, uh, and spit shit. I give him props for that. Like if he just wore a regular dad alligator collared shirt, you would not think that he was an athlete. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And yet he is on the court, probably talking the most shit out of everyone on the, on the, out there, you know, totally. you give him love for that. Uh, all right. My dunk this week is a guy who, well, pretty much only dunks, but man, he dunks in glorious fashion. And I have to talk about my beloved Boston Celtics and our beloved time Lord. What time is it? Oh, baby. Robert Williams, the third 56% roster in the ESPN leagues. Um, last four games, he's averaging 13.8 points, 11 boards, 1.8 assists, and the piece de resistance. 0.8 steals, 2.8 blocks, giving you yeah. 3.6 stocks per game. That kind of production is just arousing. And the fact that you can get that on your fantasy waiver wire, yes. Personally, I want him to be starting in Boston. I, For whatever reason, Brad doesn't seem to be wanting to do that. It is uh, soul-crushing uh, because basically he is a walking highlight reel when he is on the court, and he just routinely makes physical and athletic plays that just don't seem humanly possible, and yet he does them. But his role has been increasing, and he makes the most of the minutes that he's on the court, and it's fun to root for him. So uh i he's 100 percent worth rushing we talked about him way early in the season as a guy to go mm-hmm. get and then he kind of had a lull slash the the celtics were trying to figure out what the hell they are and they're still trying to figure out what the hell they are um i have to say it's it's giving me a lot of a lot of pleasure watching them just like throttle a team that they should be throttling uh i mean but i think Robert, they know what they are and it's not good enough well yeah until they trade for i don't know aaron gordon I mean, maybe like they're they have that enormous trade exception, which Danny Ainge has said multiple times is saving it for this offseason, which I'm very sure. curious as to like who that who that entails. Then is that is that Beal and they're just going to get Beal in the offseason or I don't know. The fundamental truth about the Boston Celtics is that you can't trade either of their two good young players. Right. Like splitting up Jalen and no. Tatum doesn't make sense. So. There isn't a solution 
every year. There is not an answer to every question every season. This might just not be Boston's year. And that's a little bit disappointing, but when you look at the roster they have, like Time Lord, they're bringing him along. You know, like that's what they're doing. They're bringing him along. They're not rushing him, which I think is smart. Totally playing for the future. And they're not asking him to do too much. Play within yourself. Marcus Smart coming back is a really good thing for Boston, a really good thing for Time Lord. And, you know, this team, we, the questions about the Celtics are sort of strange because we know who they are. We know what this roster is. Like, could they use a bigger front court? Yeah, sure. Could they use another wing player? Yeah, sure. Those are the same fucking answers to every other goddamn team in the fucking league. You know, like we, <laughs> yeah. we focus on Boston because of how many trades, that, how many picks they had, like how many, how much potential assets they right. had accrued. And they came out of it with two all-stars and two all-NBA players. That's good. So going forward, they're just going to sort of be a regular team when it comes to assets. That means you have to try to do develop the players you have as much as you can i think that's what they're doing with time lord and i think it's paying off no i totally agree and we're seeing it yeah and in his time way to bring it all the way around natty well done back to the back to the man himself the master of clocks uh <laughs> clocks and blocks Ooh, ooh. that's I feel like that's there's a, something a there. good po- let's just have a podcast centered around him clock yeah <laughs> clock yeah. blockers Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. All right. I feel like <laughs> shit. All right. I'm writing that down. Time Lord clock blocker. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, while I just sit and just admire that beauty, why don't you give me, give me your layup this week? <laughs> God, that is whoo, Natty. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to recover from this. This is, this is like, I feel like we just need to start making merchandise right now, just so that we can put on a shirt clock bo- blocker. It sells itself, really. It's like, you don't amazing. even need to know what the shirt would be uh, referencing. Cel- you, you don't care if you're... Weird yeah. Celtics Twitter would buy the shit out of a clock blocker shirt. A- absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, my layup, an under 50% owned player, is again this week, Duncan Robinson. He is 44% rostered. He's 112th on the player rater over the last month. 11 players take eight or more three-point attempts per game this season. 11. Only five of those players have a better three-point percentage than Duncan Robinson. They are in descending order of efficiency. CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, Steph Curry, Malik Beasley, who's been suspended, and Dame fucking Lillard. That's a nice list to be on. That's a pretty nice fucking list to be on. Um, He's... 44% 44% rostered, as I said, and he's been 112th over the past month. Joe Harris, who is 75% rostered, has been 113th over the past month. They basically have similar roles, but Duncan takes more shots and he's better at them. So this is a guy, this is almost like found money. I mean, if he's not on your waiver, maybe you can trade for him pretty low because his ratios are down from last year. But he's delivering top 125 he's giving you three pointers made and the heat look pretty interesting recently they look incredibly playoffish 
if I can make up a word. And uh, Jimmy's a lot of that. He's moving himself into the MVP conversation. Would you say that they are going to Orlando? I, I mean, that's just going to be a euphemism from now on. <laughs> like, oh, he's he's going oh, to Orlando. He's going to yep. Orlando. Yep. Um, yeah, and and we talked about him on last week's show, where like he is a vital cog of this Heat's offense to the point where it's just like he will his role as the predominant three-point shooter is not going to change on this team because there's no one else on this team who is really going to challenge him like unless tyler hero just goes absolutely blackout and if you know he goes orlando yeah totally but right. like Ty, uh, he's in a sophomore slump and yep. duncan robinson is third in minutes behind bam and and jimmy i think like he is a what like he's locked in yes. to 30 plus minutes per game and when you have players like Bam and Jimmy, you're going to get some open threes. So yep. if you're looking for three-pointers made, look no further. Go get yourself some Duncan Go Blue Robinson. Nice. Uh, another guy who's locked in, Who's I mean, he's been so far this season, but also is about to be locked into some big-time minutes. And I'm breaking a rule here, Natty. I know we said 50% and under-rostered for our layups, but I'm just, just stretching it a little bit. Uh, I know, I know. Poo poo me. Kyle Kuzma, 54% rush in ESPN. We've talked about him before and how he's a good target, but LeBron James, we talked about it out indefinitely with a high ankle sprain. Kuzma is going to, I would say, be the one who benefits the most uh, from LeBron's absence in terms of minutes, in terms of role. He's on the season averaging 12 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and one stock. But in games where he started this year, averaging 15.5 points, 7.4 rebounds, and 1.1 stock, Natty. So you get that extra 0.1 stock when he starts. That's a big deal per game. Uh, But ultimately, like, if this Lakers team is going to try to work their way out of, what, their fifth-place seed – or, or even just try to like hang in that space with Anthony Davis out with LeBron out. Like this is going to be a time for Kuzma to shine and for Kuzma to kind of be the focal point of this team now. And, uh, and you should be rostering that because that's that, that is going to produce fantasy viable numbers without fail. This is not a streaming suggestion. This no. is pick him up for the rest of the fucking season. 100%. Because AD is out for at least three more weeks. LeBron has a high ankle sprain, which could keep him out six weeks to three months to maybe he doesn't play in the playoffs. I was talking with my buddy earlier, and I do think that there's a significant chance the Lakers don't make the playoffs this year. Ooh. If neither of the stars come back and the rest of the Lakers squad can't make up for it. I mean, they're third in the West right now. They're 28 and 14. Okay. The Mavericks are 21 and 19, and they're in the eighth seed. So, yeah, it would take a lot for the Lakers to just completely drop out to below the 10th seed, which is Memphis, by the way. But I don't think it's impossible. Like, there's a real universe that exists where no AD and no LeBron means the Lakers fucking suck. And it's just a lot of Alex Caruso playing too many minutes and Montrezl Harrell and Kuzma trying to do what they can. And, you know, Dennis Schroeder being like, I'm the best player on this team now. So I run things, which maybe isn't the best thing in the world. Um, 
the Lakers, unless, unless you're Dennis Schroeder manager, if Dennis Schroeder's on your fantasy team, you are loving life right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Herr Schroeder is going. He's to about he's about to put up numbers. so much volume. But yeah, I, no, this just, Lakers this Lakers depth chart right now: Schroeder, KCP, uh, probably Talon Horton Tucker at the three, and then Kuzma and Marcus All. It's not a great just, team. Like it's a better team than a bunch of teams in the East, but you're in the West and you're, you, I mean, if LeBron and AD are going to be healthy for the playoffs, you don't care about the seeding. Sure. You could start even a play in game. Like you, you're not really that concerned, but if they're not coming back all of a sudden, it's like, shit, I wish the trade deadline was two weeks later because maybe we'd sell some of these pieces as a Lakers organization. Um, they still, I, I really do I'm, think that there's a, there's a chance that they're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah. I like, I like that spicy Lakers take, you know, Natty, because what have we talked about on this show? Spicy takes make headlines and that gets clicks and views. The thing that helps them is that Steph Curry in golden state, another MVP candidate is hurt. So yep. who knows how long that goes for, um, golden state's in the ninth seed right now. There are, it's funny, the, here's the seven, eight, nine, and 10 and 11 in the West. Seven is the Spurs, obviously. Eight is the Mavericks. Nine is Golden State. 10 is Memphis. 11 is OKC. Like they're just a couple of games out of being a fucking playoff team. Which is just like the most incredible thing in the world. Like the fact that this team is... It feels like Sam Presti needs to try even harder to to tank and bottom out. If the Thunder make the playoffs, but the Pelicans don't, yeah, that's I don't know. Like Not that's good. that's real, real fucking tough. That is yeah. a tough pill to swallow. You should that should not happen. Like New Orleans, it's almost more important that the Thunder don't make the playoffs than New Orleans does. You know, like that's that's dreadful. Um, yeah, that would be trash, but Kuzma, I think Kuzma and Harrell are going to have a ton of minutes and shots and Herr Stroder, of course, going forward. So all of those guys, volume, volume, volume. I don't care about the efficiency as much. Uh, yeah. they should be picked up for sure. Yeah. Um, the magic have pulled this game within single digits and I can't fucking believe it. So, you know, that's currently where I'm at mentally. How's uh, MCW doing? Oh, your your boy. Seven points, two rebounds, four assists on 22 minutes, baby. He's my trade idea. <laughs> I came up with a trade idea for this episode. Oh. Yeah, you know. All right, well, because we're saucy and we're going to make you guys stick around before you listen to Natty's trade idea, let's take a quick right. ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. Natty, you alluded to a saucy trade idea around MCW because everyone knows MCW is one of the hottest commodities in the NBA right now. (laughs) So he is not as attractive a trade piece as Aaron Gordon, clearly. Certainly. But with LeBron being out and the West sort of maybe being more open than we thought it was, especially if Curry's out too. Yep. Let's try to make the Clippers better. Yeah. The Clippers have Kawhi. They have Paul George. They could use better guard play. I think it's tough this year with their financials and their assets to get someone like Kyle Lowry. Like, and regardless of whether Toronto would trade Lowry or not, or not, and it doesn't really seem like they want to, everyone wants to stick with the plan that they have. The Clippers could just use better guard play. They could also use someone who drives to the rim because they're a jump shooting team right now. So this is a trade idea that is pretty boring and seems like small potatoes, but that I think could help the Clippers immensely. And the math works. Michael Carter Williams and Kem Birch for Luke Kennard and Reggie Jackson, R Jax. Yeah. Like we said, Orlando's the second worst team in the East, which is really fucking saying something. Um, Luke Kennard ha- just hasn't worked out in LA. They, just don't play him as much as we all thought that he would. Uh, Jax isn't really working out. He's not the sort of player that the Clippers need in order to be seriously dangerous in the playoffs. Kem Birch gives you more depth up front, so it's not just Zubats. And MCW is a big guard who can distribute. He's not going to take that many shots away from you. He drives to the rim he plays good defense. Like you can imagine the Clippers going small where it's Pat Bev, MCW, Paul George, Kawhi, and Zubots. That's not yeah. bad. No, that's, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers definitely should make a move for, uh, for a facilitator uh, at the deadline. I just feel like, I feel like if that happens, if MCW does get traded to the Clippers and now suddenly kind of like steps better and you know more into the limelight and gets more attention on him i just really i feel like he needs to steer into the connection to the mcu and how big the mcu has been and (laughs) and really just needs to somehow hype that up so maybe i don't know if it's like a a name change to like michael carter williams um and and doing the mcu there i just think that i think there's an opportunity there for him to really improve his branding and uh, that's there have know, definitely been like tertiary Avengers with uh, athletic pro athletic yeah. histories. You know, he could be a great lakes Avenger for sure. Totally. Um, the thing about MCW is that like, you're not getting him to score. You would be getting him to help you with your defense and to move the ball around. 
I just think it's going to be pretty tough for the Clippers to get a high volume scorer who is also a good two way player. And this, like, if you can't be better on offense, be better on defense. And you're going to need good defense against the Western guards. And this is something that, again, the math works. And that is really what's constraining the Clippers for this trade deadline. What can you actually move? Uh, you want to talk about some defense? Yeah, sure. My open three for the week. Under 35% rostered, Hassan Whiteside. I thought you wanted to talk about defense. (laughs) (laughs) He gets blocks, Natty. And that's all that matters. He does. I mean, he gets his stats. He is a vintage fantasy player that you actually do not want on your real life team. Exactly. When he gets minutes, he gets you elite blocks, elite boards, and sometimes points. He's back from COVID in the last three King uh, games for the Kings, averaging 16 minutes, 7.6 boards and 1.7 blocks. The Kings might be sellers at the deadline. They could just like blow this whole team up. I mean, Dude, I don't know what, what they're going to do, but there's a, a catastrophe. Yeah. There's Are you a lot, kidding? A lot that the Kings they're could 17 and, be and doing. 25. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bagley breaking his hands sucks. Yeah. But they just, they, there's no reason for Nemanja Bialica to be on that team. There's really no reason for Rashawn Holmes to be on that team anymore, especially if you're going to play Whiteside. Um, it fucking sucks, man. I feel like I would can Luke Walton. I have this, the whole thing feels so Kings. Yeah, it is the most Kings thing. And the and for me personally, I'm really hoping it eventually means Harrison Barnes is coming to, uh, to uh, Boston. That's another trade piece that people are talking about. It's, yeah, I like it. He is as solid as they come. He has championship pedigree, by You'd the way. You love to see that. I So I asked uh, one of my buddies about this the other day. Like, Wiggins for Barnes? Ooh, okay, see? Get, I mean, not Bring OKC. Harrison Bark. Bring, bring Harrison, Harrison Barnes back. back to Golden State? Interesting. Like no, I don't like Wiggins. it because I want I want uh, Harrison Barnes in Boston. So that was a dumb trade. Dumb trade suggestion. You already I'm had sorry. one trade suggestion. I apologize. Maddie. You're not allowed to make any more. It, I, it, with the way the NBA is right now, it's just trade idea, trade idea, trade idea, trade idea. And oh, of I course. actually don't think that there's going to be that much movement just because of how little room to maneuver a bunch yeah. of teams left themselves this year. I, I, I agree with you. I think this could be a little bit of a, uh, a letdown trade deadline especially since everyone's anticipating or everyone's hoping for all kinds of chaos all kinds of chaos to go down uh who's your open three for the week my open three under 35 percent owned we have talked about him before this is the definition of a young 3d player all around two-way Sadiq bay of the detroit pistons is 20 man rostered he's 75th on the player raider over the past month it's not bad. He's 20% rostered. Okay, since February 1st, he's averaging 13-plus points per game, five boards per game, over an assist, six-plus three-point attempts on 40% shooting from three. Only five players are doing that on the season. Paul George, Zach Levine, Steph Curry, the fucking finisher, and Nikola Vucevic. Oh, the finisher. I have so, m- words. Yes. Lori Markinen on the season. 
is maybe one of the closer comps to what Sadiq's been doing. Marketing on the season is 18 plus points per game, five plus rebounds, one plus assists, seven plus three point attempts, 40% shooting. Again, Bay since the start of February is 13, five and one, six plus threes, 40% shooting. Lori Markkinen is 80% rostered. Sadiq Bay is 20% rostered. And the, the five the points Detroit of difference no one is not cares worth the four, four times the value. Well, yeah, totally. I like no, it's Chicago, perfect. Take advantage of it. It is beyond that he is not owned in at least 50% of leagues because he's getting volume. Like this isn't just a dynasty play. This is yeah. an all around top 75 player who will be getting you minutes. So everyone should jump on board. He's looking like one of the five best players from the rookie draft class. Plus added bonus. Uh, every Monday I drop my uh, fantasy basketball forecaster on fake teams.com. We're more than just a podcast. And uh, Detroit Pistons having the number two easiest schedule this week, playing the Pacers, Nets, and Wizards. Sadiq I would just like to say that that's not easy. And I really, God damn it, I thought you were going to do this. That's tough, all right? We're trying to get out of the cellar. The Pacers always play us hard because of obvious reasons. The Wizards are looking rough these days. Like, everyone's sort of getting their legs back. They're looking better. Easy schedule. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. Adam, and we're gonna start go, him. And you're going to go 0 and 3. I mean, that's fine. Sure. Let's yeah. go get Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. That's fine with me. That's absolutely fine with me. It's really big of you. Really big of you to be like, we'll take one of the best players in the country. Okay Dude, if it. you're going to fucking tank, it's like the Spurs <laughs> when they had the Admiral and then they yeah. got the number one pick because right. they fucking tanked in 1998 or whatever before everybody else was doing it and got Tim fucking Duncan. I will uh, take Cade Cunningham, who looks like a Boston distributing Boston. wing who could make a real difference on a team like the Pistons. Uh, all right, let's move on. Last uh, group that we have for waiver wire ads, the long two 20% and under rostered guys. We talked about Steph Curry, how he's out with a, uh, a bruised tailbone and in his place has stepped Jordan pool, 17% yeah. rostered started the last two games from golden state, averaging 25.5 points, three boards, 3.5 assists and shooting 40% from three on seven and a half attempts. Basically just instant offense to stream on your fantasy team for as long as Steph is out, which could be a while because let me mm-hmm. tell you, as someone who has bruised their tailbone before, it hoits and you're out for a while. And he like crashed into like, like a metal step. Sh- yeah, it yeah. looked bad. Did not look great. Didn't look Bunch good. Bunch of MVPs going down recently. It's almost as if the basketball gods are determined for Dame to get it. I... Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I like that. Um, Golden State could so easily fall out of the running for the playoffs that it could really last a while for Curry. So I love Jordan Poole, go blue. And uh, that team has a bunch of stuff on it now. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Wiggins, Oubre, um Wiseman was in the doghouse and it, it's just this is a strange year for the Warriors. They've had two strange years in a row. Um, but next year when Clay is back, Knockwood, I think that they, especially if this Minnesota pick ends up being real, real good and they get Cade Cunningham. 
I, that would be they're gonna be back in it. I think the Clay Thompson people are forgetting uh just how good that man is because now he's had two years back to back that he's missed. He's literally one of the best players in NBA history and one of only a handful of dudes who can score 40 plus fucking points like that. Yeah. Like that Pete. Speaking of scoring points really fast, uh Jalen Brown, 10 for 18 from three. Nice. There you go. See? <laughs> nice. See? Jalen, I fucking love Jalen. I love him so much. Uh, Wrap us up, Natty. Who's your long two this week? This is a guy we've spoken of before, but I'm going to ask you a question first. See if you can decipher who it is. All right, I'm ready. All right, all of these totals for the season are before Sunday's games. Okay. So for the entire year, these are the players who have at least... 200 total rebounds, 60 total assists, 40 total steals, 10 total blocks, and have a 50% field goal percentage or better. So 200 boards, 200 dimes, 40 steals, 10 blocks. You make at least half of your shots. This Mm -hmm. is the list. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Joker, Ben Simmons, the chosen one, no, Demonis Sabonis, Thad Young, who is a fucking big ass trade ship. Yeah, love myself some Thaddeus, some gladiator Thaddeus, and our long two sub 20% rostered player who has been top 100 over the past month. This guy is under 20% rostered and has the same totals as the guys on that list that are all 90% owned except for that young. Do you know who this player is? All right, so he's going to get you rebounds, since rebounds and and assists and steals and we've and talked steals. about it before. We've talked about him before. Um Oh, it's oh 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 is he is he over 20% now? Is it uh Jay Sean Tate? It is Jay Sean Tate. Yes! Good fucking job, bro. What else? Yes. Oh, polite applause isn't enough. You get a standing ovation. Well goddamn done. Jay Sean Tate is Jay under 20% owned and has the same volume of counting stats as those other dudes. That's and by the way, he's done it in uh, the second least amount of minutes. So he is absolutely worth your goddamn time in fantasy. He's not a three-point shooter. What do you care? He's found money. Oh, yeah. He's 18% rostered. And, <coughs> excuse me, he's young. His outside shot might develop. In the meantime, he's number one in minutes, I believe. Uh this yeah. team, I mean, the, yeah, he's the, he, he has like he's a huge the part number of one player on Houston in total minutes since February started. Yeah, like that's <laughs> he should be crazy. rostered. He should be rostered everywhere. You're a hundred percent. Plays right. more than anyone else on the Rockets <laughs> since February started. Um, he is not going to be an All NBA level player, I don't think. Even though this is a good start, this is a pretty good start. And Christian Wood coming back, I think, will actually help him 
and he might even do better down the stretch. This is a dude, he should be 50% rostered. Like, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Uh, since the start of March, he is averaging 11 points, five boards, one and two assists, and uh, what, 2.6, 2.7 stocks. Is that good? I feel like that's pretty good. I feel like those are pretty good numbers and numbers that you would want to have on your fantasy team. And by the way, like he sucks at threes, but he's shooting 50% from the field. He's not. Well, and he doesn't take threes. That's the thing too. Exactly. That's what, if he, if he doesn't, if he's not good at them, that's great. He's averaging like, I think like two attempts per game, which is okay, fine. Good to know who you are. But you, like you said, yeah, 50% from the field means He's getting into the paint and he's successfully scoring for you while also giving you stats in the rebounds and on defense, which obviously you love. You know what the Rockets actually strangely know how to do? They know how to let a player who doesn't have an outside Mm. shot still succeed because Mm. they had to do it with Westbrook last year. And for about a two month stretch Westbrook looked like one of the best players in the NBA again, because his efficiency was so good because he wasn't doing the dumb shit that everybody didn't want him to do. Yeah. John Tate is playing within himself that he's getting all of the minutes. Like I can't stress enough how much volume is important, especially on bad teams, like going forward for the rest of the season, it's Christian Wood and it's Jay Sean Tate. Yeah. And, and you should be rostering, both those guys and Jay Shante, you can. So there you go. Easy, I, easy play right there. I do have another heave this week. In another Thunder. logo dame? In, indeed. Because Alex, and it's the same dude, Alexej Pokusevsky. Oh, you son of a bitch. So he's 5% rostered. Over the past six games, he's playing at least 27 minutes per game. Over the last week, he's 10, 8, and 2 with threes made. It seems like... He's getting minutes, whether Isaiah Roby or Al Horford or, you know, like the guys that play center uh, are in a rotation, but he's getting his minutes at the four. I think this is the dude. He's 19. He's seven feet tall. If he can actually fill out and become a good NBA player who can play 30 plus minutes a game, that guy is going to be dynasty gold for 10 years at least. Yeah, you are a hundred percent right. If you if you have this space for him, uh, and the nice thing about him is he's giving you numbers now, which is like you yeah. so much easier to give up a roster spot for maybe someone's potential when they're also giving you good numbers now, as opposed to like you know someone where you're like, well, they could develop like like Anthony Edwards. Obviously, Anthony Edwards is still vi- like still great fantasy wise, but we've seen flashes of just how good he could be. Yeah, 43 uh, points. Nice job. Yeah. And he and at times he hasn't quite done that consistently enough. So he's like a higher level of that. He was just the first guy that popped into my mind. So, anyways, Polkoskevsky is a great uh call And Edwards dynasty. has had a really rough oh my freshman God, year awful. in the NBA. Like two coaches, everybody got sick, everybody got hurt. Uh, you're the number one draft pick. Everyone's talking about Lamb Ball. Um, it's uh, it's been real tough for Minnesota. It's been real tough for Edwards. That's what happens when you're the number one pick. Like yeah. people notice what you do. And honestly, like they haven't looked as terrible as 
they had at the beginning of the season. They're three and seven cats back. He's playing really well. Um, I still don't believe in DAR, but when he comes back, you know, that should be a boost. Like the fact that Edwards has been having to play without those, the two other stars. Right. Right. Means that he's had more of the attention on him just because he's the number one pick. So, you know, you could see his efficiency rising through the rest of the season. I think if they get people healthy. All right, let's wrap up with DFS studs and duds. It is when both Natty and I pick one player who we think will perform above average in fantasy this coming week and one who will underperform. Last week, Natty went one and one, putting his record mm-hmm. on the season at seven and five. And yours truly, for the first time this year, an 0 and two defeat. Oh, no. Uh, I know. Now nine and three on the year. Damn that triple double that Draymond dropped against the Rockets, because otherwise, I would have had him but he dropped like 30 fantasy points and that just skewed his average for the week. So not a fan, but I'll stick with the Rockets. And uh, this week, my stud got to get back on the horse. And I'm saying Christian Wood, Christian Wood sure. going against the Raptors, Hornets and the Timberwolves twice. And in his first two games back, didn't miss a beat 19.5 points and 10 boards. So the man's a walking 20 and 10. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like any team that has the potential to keep him shouldn't let him, uh, you know, hit free agency. That's some passive aggressive <laughs> bullshit right there. <laughs> Fuck you. Happy St. Patrick's day. God damn <laughs> shit. I feel the same way about Gordon Hayward, but whatever, <laughs> but sleeping dogs lie. God damn. Who's your, who's your stud for the week? Well, we already talked about him. It's Montrez Harrell. Um, mm, in March, like he's 18 plus points per game, seven plus rebounds, one plus assist, one block, 66% from the floor. No LeBron, no AD. The Lakers play the Pelicans, the Sixers, the Cavs, and the Magic. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, I actually don't think that's an easy lineup for Montrez Harrell. But I do feel like the volume is going to result in more counting stats. So that's all that I'm counting on this week. I think Kuzma, Herr Schroeder, and Harrell will have more minutes, more shot attempts, just because of LeBron and AD's absence. So it's sort of like by default. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, Montrezl Harrell. Don't forget that silent L in there. Who's, who's your dud? My dud this week, uh, Jonas Valanciunas has it. I thought about him. Yeah. yeah tough yeah, stretch. Tough. Celt- Celtics Thunder. And then playing the Jazz twice in back-to-back yeah. games. Yeah. And but obviously the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, you're going up against that. But the Celtics also have been really good against big men this year. And it's just like that is a murderer. That's a tough stretch to be at. Um, and it's killing. It's crushing for me because Jonas Valanciunas is on one of my fantasy teams. And I've been loving this just like – double double machine stretch that he's totally. been on uh With but i think andre that, drummond out it's been yeah, like he's just Jonas been the rebound king for sure to and a consistent dub dub like he knows his role in that team and he just does it all the time yeah uh but anyways i think it's going to be kind of a rough a rough week for him so i'm not i'm not getting too hyped about his uh fantasy production this week it's funny because ja is my dud Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, like you said, Boston, OKC, and Utah twice. Uh, Jaws three point shot, not happening this year. It is no. not happening this year. 
only two players drive more than Ja this year. Shai Gilgis Alexander and Luca. SGA is averaging 55% on drives, and Luca is at 58. Ja, who is third in average amount of drives to the hoop, is 46%. He's mm. 10 points worse than the fu- than number one and number two. That's not great. Um, I just don't think that this is a good week for him in terms of perimeter defense. I don't think that he's, I, you know, I think he's in a little bit of a sophomore slump, even though he's been fantastic. And I do feel like Memphis has a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, at least the play in game. Uh, 3J isn't back yet. They're also a team that could make a move, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just sort of feel like this is, this is a tough time for job right now. Yeah. I, I, I certainly agree with that. I think that he, you're having tough matchups and is also as someone who gets, whose offense is predicated, like you said, getting to the hole um, when you're having to compete with Rudy Gobert and uh, the clock blocker himself. Dude. And Marcus smart and Lou Dort and Marcus and fucking uh, like there's, it's almost like it's designed to give him headaches. Like he's going to get pushed around this week i think he might not play all four games really i agree um awesome well there you go some good fantasy content for the week i have a few more things i'm so sorry but these are off of this show and you will never be invited back on i know i'll be quick okay oh my god guess who's coming back deandre fucking hunter Ooh. The Atlanta Hawks are in the fourth seed before Sunday's games in the East. They're basically tied with the Heat. Um, Danilo Cincinnatus Gallinari has been playing better. Like people are healthy. They like their new coach. They're they've had a cupcake schedule, but there's no reason to think that they can't keep doing this since the East is fucking trash. Like the Pacers are in the ninth seed. You know what I mean? Like they, they should be better than that. And Boston's in the eighth. It's the Hawks could end up as a top five seed. If Deandre Hunter comes back fully healthy with his perimeter defense, um, before he went out, he was averaging 30 plus minutes per game, 17 plus points per game, five plus boards, two plus times. He's 23 years old. He's coming into his own. He is really important to this team. And yeah. I think that they might bring him along slowly again, because they're in the fourth seed right now. And, you know, they, I can't imagine that they care too. They don't care about seeding more than they care about the long-term health of one of their star young players. Right. The Hawks have a chance and Hunter helps them. He will play a lot once he gets his like, back under him in a couple of weeks. So if he's on your waiver and you can spend a roster spot, for the next couple of weeks while he comes back and ups his minutes, go grab him. I think he's a great dynasty ad and a great ad for the second half of the season. And the last thing I had for you, well, actually there are two things. My favorite stat line. I'm going to kill you. I know. I'm so sorry, but this, this is (laughs) trade adjacent. 
Okay. Norm Powell had a 43 point game this past week. He mm, made eight Norman. threes, shot 14 of 18. He has the second best three point percentage of all players who average six plus three point attempts per game. He's a 65 true shooting percentage on the season, which is eighth best of all players. It's tied with Joel Embiid. He's 27 years old. He has a player option for next year for $11 million. The Raptors are currently out of the playoffs. If you're not going to trade Kyle Lowry, he seems why like- not trade Norm Powell? Yeah, he does seem like a pretty obvious piece to move where you can get a, a, a fair amount in return. A sharpshooter who's young and, you know, is not going to pick up his option because he can make more than $11 million in free agency. So it's money off your books or it's a guy that you can try to sign long term. I love Norm Powell. You know that if Toronto isn't going to trade Lowry or any of their other dudes, I think Norm Powell is a guy you can trade. Yeah, I like it. And the last thing I had for you. We're going to just start MVP a new segment race. at the end of the show. At the end of the show, it's just going to be Natty says more things, shit. And that's how we're going to wrap up the about. show. But we're still under an hour, so technically it's okay. <laughs> so Embiid and LeBron are out. The MVP race, in my opinion, is now Joker, Dame, Jimmy Buckets, who's been playing phenomenally, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Harden, Kawhi, and Giannis. Mm-hmm. If the Bucks finish with the number one seed in the East, because Philly drops off and the Nets don't care, right? And Utah and Phoenix finish one and two in the West because they're playing really great team basketball, and the Lakers drop out, and the Clippers can't—you know—they don't really care about winning those uh, top spots. And Giannis's numbers are all sort of the same; like he could win it by default. Maybe I feel like he's starting to approach that like James Harden, Russell Westbrook exhaustion where people are going to just be looking for someone else to give it to, but you're right. Like, totally. Numbers- but here's the thing. No one dislikes Giannis. No, Harden, that's true. They don't want to give it to Harden because he forced the trade Dame. If Portland doesn't finish in a top three spot in the West, then can you give it to him? If Joker and Denver don't win a top three seed in the West, can you give it to him? Uh, Kawhi, if the Clippers don't make a top three seat, like all of those questions sort of have the same answer. And if Giannis and the Bucks grab the best record in the East, I actually sort of feel like you need better arguments against voting for him than you do for voting him, voting for him, just because right. Embiid and LeBron are now out. Yeah. I still think it's Dame's, Dame's trophy to lose, but... The narrative is certainly there. Uh, Jimmy's coming. He he Jimmy has been coming. incredible. I feel like recently. though he's been he's been like a he's a quiet incredible and just like you need the you need the splashy narrative in order to win MVP. So maybe if the Heat are able to like lock up a top three seed in the East all because of Jimmy, sure. Then that's then I'm I'm here for that. But I also think that so many people are excited about Bam and Bam being like the young, you know, transcendent big man who's like, this is, he's another one of these unicorn centers, whatever, uh, that that's going to constantly, people are going to think more about Bam than they're going to think about Jimmy when they think of the Heat, which is never good for an MVP campaign. 
Can I tell you why? I do savvy that emotion. Here's why I disagree with you. Okay. Since the beginning of March, Jimmy Buckets is averaging 25, 8, and 7 with two and a half steals per game. And he's shooting 56% from the floor. Those are MVP numbers. Yeah, that's fair, dog. Do you, do That's I all I got. To, That's do I have yep, your I'm so to sorry. Sign off now? I'm so sorry. There's just so much that happened this week, and a lot's changed. Like basically everything. The worst case scenario for a bunch of teams actually ended yes. up happening. Yeah, yeah. No, that's super true. The LeBron and Steph injuries are uh, pretty brutal. For go get Kuzma. Go, go get Kuzma. One billion percent. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football shows. Follow us on Twitter at The Long Two Podcast. And uh, we will be back at you next week. Until then, Natty, stay safe, my friend. You do the same. Ditto to everybody. Enjoy NCAA tournament basketball. It's been crazy so far. It really has been. Talk about upset galore.